spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Sports Cage is your locker room pass. We're talking riders on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Still ahead on this edition of the program in Hour 2, Taylor Shire from the Regina Leader Post will join us to get you all caught up on the Scotty's Tournament of Hearts and the week that was for Skylar Ackerman, Arash Madani for... Smart Investing Solutions, all still ahead on this edition of the program. And Ryan Mack has some tickets to give away, curling trivia. We have JC on the line. So, in mere moments, we'll discuss with Three Down Nation's JC Abbott why he thinks maybe this new contract for Vernon Adams Jr. could have an impact on Nathan Rourke's future. And um, I think this is the first appearance we've had of JC since we invited AJ Olette in studio to sass JC Abbott and his views on running backs not equating to more wins in the Canadian Football League. I hope you can live with the shame, JC. I walked him into it. It's okay. It wasn't his initiative. Oh, that man. was my initiative. That's, uh, you know, whatever AJ believes is what AJ believes. The numbers sadly do not lie. And I love AJ Ouellette as a player. In fact, I love running backs with his style. I'm a former offensive lineman. I love a guy who can get north-south and grind out the hard yards and do exactly the job that needs to be done. It's nothing against him personally or even against that position, but the the numbers don't lie. And when you evaluate the things that really do contribute to wins and how it's easier to win, simply put, the running game isn't that. Can you win that way? Absolutely. And you can ride a powerful running back to a championship if you're perfect in just about every phase along the way. But if you want an easier shot uh, at a championship and, and you want to build a winning team, the passing game is the way you have to do it. JC, are you somehow suggesting that us in Rider Nation shouldn't be so thrilled with the fact that our team just tied up a bunch of money to a stud running back? Well... I, I would be more lukewarm on it than most of Ryder Nation. I think you can be thrilled about the person that you're bringing in, about the culture that you're establishing. Personally, for me, the more exciting signing is the tying up a bunch of money in Jamarcus Hardrick, the right tackle, who I think is you know, in the top two at his position in the league right now is going to help you in the running game, make sure that you have opportunities for A.J. Ouellette, but also keep Trevor Harris upright. And to me, that's the thing that matters most. Uh, Running game is often a product of its system and what's around it. And by upgrading the offensive line, 
the Rodgers have done a good job at put, in putting A.J. Lett in a position to have success, but they've also done the same thing to Trevor Harris. Okay, enough of all that rider talk. So you were saying you have a take that this new Vernon Adams Jr. contract could have an impact on Nathan Rourke? Am I right? Well, it, it certainly has an impact on the possibility, however slight, of Nathan Rourke coming back to the BC Lions. Because if you look at this Vernon Adams Jr. contract, which I think is a, a great thing for the team right now, they have an elite quarterback. You never want to lose one of those, so locking him up long-term makes sense and they got a pretty sweet deal on him in the first year of that contract he took a bit of a hometown discount and he said today it was all about putting the team first because their gray cap are bust this season with the gray cap being in vancouver so he's got the right mentality but this is a three-year deal and under the terms of the new cba they did what they're able to do and they guaranteed half of his salary in the final year of that three-year deal. So no matter what happens, Vernon Adams Jr. is getting paid $250,000 for 2026. Now, to me, if you think that Nathan Rourke is going to come back to the VC Lions, you can't tie up that money in the window when he would make the return because that takes you out of the sweepstakes, right? I don't think Nathan Rourke's coming back this year. I don't even think he's coming back next year. But in three years' time, you see it as a possibility if he doesn't find the role that he wants in the NFL. And quite frankly, you can't be spending the $700,000 that I'm sure Rourke would command on the free agent market in the CFL if you're already $250,000 in the hole for Vernon Adams Jr. So what this deal says to me is that if Rourke comes back to the CFL in any time in the next three years, the BC Lions will not be able to bring him back to their team. He will have to go elsewhere. So if Nathan Rourke has to come back like Chris Strebler did after two CFL seasons, do the Lions retain his rights or is he just totally a free agent no matter what? He'll be totally a free agent at that stage because they had his rights through this season, but that's over now. So once the terms of his original contract have expired, he is free to sign anywhere else. That will be the case. So if he decides to come back to the CFL, he'll be on the open market and there will undoubtedly be a bidding war for his services because you know, I would say at least eight of the teams in the league, you know, you could argue even all nine would want to be in uh, involved in those sweepstakes. But if you already have money guaranteed to somebody, that's stuff that's not going to come off your cap. You can't renegotiate that. That's guaranteed to a player that puts you in a situation where financially you really just can't make that investment because you're not going to be able to put the pieces around your quarterback that you need to. Our guest on the Western Pizza Hotline, Three Down Nations, J.C. Abbott. Perfect pizza with a generous amount of toppings plus Greek food like sublaki, ribs, salads, all the goodness you can't make at home. Call Western Pizza today. Okay, so riddle me this. Let's pretend for a second that Nathan Rourke and his NFL hopes fall flat on their face this year. And that's a distinct possibility. If he comes back to the Canadian Football League, we're in a brand new universe where we have a Canadian quarterback that actually counts under the ratio. That wasn't the case for decades. A lot of people don't understand that. 
we have seen not inflation on CFL quarterbacks. We've seen deflation. What I mean by that is Doug Flutie was a million-dollar man. Matt Dunnigan was really close. I think at one point Matt Dunnigan signed for 900000 U.S. with Birmingham, which would have been like 1.2 Canadian. And the highest-paid uh, quarterback in the league now is well below that. Chad Kelly, I think, is right around 650 Canadian. Could a bidding war for someone like Nathan Rourke bring us back up to having our first million-dollar man, dare I say, since the years of Doug Flutie? You know, I, I think a, a million-dollar man is, is a bit of a pie in the sky for, for the modern CFL. I mean, in terms of, of cap terms, you're talking about spending – you know, a a sixth of your of your spending power at, at that stage on one player, and and that's just not quite going to happen. I I see him definitely resetting the market for quarterbacks. We know that's just over six hundred thousand dollars now. I think easily if if work became available tomorrow, he would command seven hundred thousand dollars at least on the market now. The wrinkle that comes into this, BMAC, is something we've been talking about a bunch on the Three Down Nation podcast recently, and that's under the terms of the new CBA, there is a new pool of money that teams are able to use. You have your salary cap. That's maxed out, right? You can only spend to whatever the cap is that particular year. I believe it's 5.25 or something this coming season. But then you also have what they're they're terming you know non-football related money or promotional money marketing money essentially and under the terms of the new cba you have to spend at least a hundred and ten thousand dollars on players but there is no cap on that marketing money so teams are, are spending on guys with money that is essentially outside the cap right now now there'll be some talk i'm sure about regulating that bringing that in they don't want teams to abuse that and create a power imbalance and teams don't want to overspend in that category either because a it's not financially feasible in the cfl but also they don't want to abuse it to a point where other teams protest and take it away but in theory if nathan Rourke became available is he the type of guy that a really invested ownership group comes and says hey i'm going to put three hundred thousand dollars in marketing money on the table for. I could see that in theory happening. Now, it would likely cause a change in the rules, but you could, as it stands right now, pay any player that you wanted $100,000 in salary, hypothetically, and $10 million in marketing money. That is legal according to CFL GMs as the rule stands right now. So would Rourke be the guy who could break the system? If anyone could, it would be him. Well, and I mean, I think it's of interest to Ryder fans just because we saw what happened with the injury to Trevor Harris last year, and it wasn't because of his age now being 38 years old. It was because of the injury he had. I think just about any quarterback uh, who had been put in that situation would have had the same injury. That said, uh, TH7, as some of us like to call him, is now 38 years old and has a fair amount of, uh, or maybe not that much tread left on the tire. So if Nathan Rourke's return to the CFL, if it in fact happens, uh, it's probably going to be in the next two to three years. So a lot can change between now and then. Um, with you and the other muckety mucks at three down, 
Have you guys come up with who you think was the big loser in free agency? Yeah, we've kicked that around uh, quite a bit. Um, I know Hodge is a big believer that the Calgary Stampeders were the big loser in free agency. Um, I think you can make that argument. I know I was a little bit disappointed in the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I think they added some good pieces, but you look at the cap space they had available with the Bolivar Mitchell renegotiated contract and how bad that team was last year, you certainly would have hoped they would have added more weapons, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. But for me, the big loser is the Edmonton Elks. And they've added some nice pieces, and I know there are people in Edmonton who are going to say, how can you call them losers? They did their work before free agency. This is a team that now has McLeod Bethel-Thompson, that has Curly Gittens Jr. now. And I understand all that. But what they did in free agency is they added two very impactful pieces on special teams. I don't want to diminish that. Javon Leak and Boris B are going to make that phase of the game much better. But they have gotten worse on defense. Jake Ceresna was traded to get Curly Gittens Jr. A.C. Leonard is not under contract. Right now, if you look at their defensive line, which that team finished, uh, I believe it was second last in the league in sacks last year. Their defensive line, currently under contract, had a combined five sacks last season. That's it. They don't have a legitimate pass rusher in the building right now for a defense that was not very good at all. Now, there is a belief that they are a young team, that they are going to take the next step, but I needed to see something from that team or at least maintain the stars that you did have on defense. They didn't do that, and to me, Edmonton is the big loser because of it. I'm sure a lot of Ryder fans will be really sad if uh, Chris Jones ends up with egg on his face and a third straight lackluster season. I've been hearing from a lot of people close to the Elks that even though the record was so bad the first two years and Chris Jones started with a bad record in Saskatchewan and eventually got it turned around, there's concern that there is a lack of foundation building in that organization. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what you're alluding to JC under the old world order before you had the cap on coaches salaries, Chris Jones would have been history a long time ago in this role with Edmonton. So here we are two years in back to back five and 13 seasons. He's still in charge or is it four and 14 off to double check that five and 13, I think was the record. He's still in charge four and 14, four and 14. Thank you. So he's eight and 26 the last two years. If he comes back and it happens again, this will go from um, knocking his stock down to a full-on humiliation for Chris Jones, will it not? I would agree with that statement. They need to win this year. And Chris Jones has turned around bad situations before. It typically hasn't been this long without meaningful progress. And I don't think you can argue that the Elks took a step forward last year, no matter what. Jones or anyone else in the organization says. Did they find some intriguing young pieces? Yes. Could those guys potentially take a next step? Absolutely. But not all of them are going to. And you look at that team and there's just a lack of star power on that defense, a lack of guys 
that I trust going forward, and they haven't done anything to address it. To me, if they don't start winning early next season, Chris Jones will be gone, and they'll be looking for another new coach in Edmonton as much as they don't want to have to go through that again. Pretty big gamble, too, benching an exciting Canadian quarterback like Trey Ford for McLeod Bethel-Thompson. We don't even know what he still has left. Although I'm happy to see McBeth back in the CFL for the sole reason that he sassed me and Three Down Nation on the field right after they won the Grey Cup. That was the first thing on his mind. Thanks for doing this, JC. You can read all of uh, his stuff at threedownnation.com. Still ahead, Ryan Max got some tickets to give away. Curling trivia. You're listening to the Sports Cage on Rider Radio 620 CKRM.